The Cherokee written language was created entirely by one man, a silversmith, trader, and soldier named Sequoia. Sequoia could not read or write in any language, but he was fluent in his own native tongue. Using bits and pieces of various existing alphabets, he designed a syllabary, a set of symbols that represent one syllable or sound each. His new system proved to be remarkably effective, and just 25 years after its introduction, almost 100% of the Cherokee could read. It remains the only time in recorded history an illiterate person invented a system of writing for an unwritten language. Welcome to Shaking America, a history podcast. I'm Zach Knight. Sources for this episode include the book Driven West by A.J. Languet, the book The International Impact of Sequoia's Syllabary by Peter Unseth, and the article Sequoia and the Cherokee Syllabary from the Georgia Historical Society's web archives. The Cherokee are an indigenous people of North America. Descended from Iroquoian-speaking tribes in the Great Lakes region, most historians believe that the group that would become the Cherokee migrated south to the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains thousands of years before they first made contact with Europeans. While the name Cherokee has roots in the Creek language, the people of the Cherokee Nation originally called themselves Onyanwea, which means principled people. By 1000 AD, the Cherokee had settled in what is now the southeastern United States, with their territory covering parts of Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and North and South Carolina. They lived in around 200 permanent villages and towns spread out along the rivers. These settlements typically were walled compounds with anywhere from 30 to 60 family houses surrounding a large central meeting lodge. The buildings were made of waddle and daub with straw roofs. Waddle and daub, if you don't know, is a mixture of mud, animal dung, straw, and water that forms a construction material that can be formed into bricks and walls. It's something that many different cultures have independently invented and is still used widely across the world. The Old Norse people used it in their settlements in Iceland and Greenland, and many small towns in the UK have buildings made of waddle and daub still standing today. It's also waterproof and earthquake-resistant. But enough about waddle and daub. I'm sure no one wants to hear any more waddle and daub facts. The Cherokee were an agricultural society, farming squash, berries, corn, beans, sunflowers, and tobacco outside their settlements. Deer and elk were hunted with bows, while turkey and other smaller game were hunted with long blowguns. Fishing in the rivers was done with net traps and spears, as well as with hooks and lines. They wore woven cloth made out of deerskin, leather shoes, and styled their hair into ponytails and topknots. As a society, they had no written language, and relied upon oral traditions, songs, and patterned quilts to remember their past. Historically, women were the heads of households in Cherokee culture. These matriarchs were trusted with remembering and recalling important moments in time through the generations. 
By the time Columbus crossed the Atlantic, the Cherokee were split into seven matrilineal clans totaling around 50,000 people. First contact came in 1540 AD on the Tennessee River. Due to their position in the Appalachians, the Cherokee were more remote and harder to reach than other tribes. By 1629, British traders had worked their way up the mountain trails and established the first trading post in Ichota, the Cherokee capital. They sold guns and ammunition, knives and metal farming tools in exchange for deerskins, beeswax, and native slaves. However, the Europeans did not bring only foreign trading goods, but also foreign diseases. In the 1700s, nearly half of the Cherokee population died from a devastating smallpox epidemic. Meanwhile, the British colonists began to expand their settlements onto Cherokee territory, leading to several violent and deadly clashes. Sequoia was born in modern-day Tennessee in the tumultuous period leading up to the American Revolution. He was the son of a Cherokee woman and a white man. But his father left shortly afterward, and he was raised entirely by his mother. He was affected by a childhood disability that caused him to limp. Because of that, he could not hunt, and instead became a trader, working alongside his mother. Sequoia did not let his physical problems get in his way, and grew to become an ambitious young man. He learned to work as a silversmith and a blacksmith, how to ride horses exceptionally well, and how to shoot a rifle accurately. Over time, he even became close to fixing his limp through sheer willpower, though it could still be seen when he tried to run. Although he was of mixed heritage, he entirely embraced his mother's Cherokee culture. The only language he ever spoke was Cherokee. When Sequoia was a young man, American settlers took Cherokee land in Tennessee, forcing them south towards Alabama and Georgia. Shortly after, the War of 1812 broke out between the United States and the British Empire. Against his mother's wishes, Sequoia volunteered to fight in an auxiliary unit under Major General Andrew Jackson. Some believe that Sequoia signed up for the chance to fight the British-allied Creek tribe, an old enemy of the Cherokee. Others believe that he was looking for more trade opportunities, or that he was simply seeking the glory of battle. Regardless of his motives, Sequoia participated in the Battle of Horseshoe Bend, which ended in a decisive victory for the Americans and their native allies. After the fight, he saw the white soldiers riding home to their families and was impressed with their ability to put their thoughts onto paper. At that moment, he became determined to give the Cherokee language a written form. In 1819, he began working on his new writing system. Sequoia was monolingual and, as mentioned before, could only speak Cherokee. This meant he could not read or write in any language. Despite this lack of knowledge, he had an intuitive grasp of linguistic structure. At first, he attempted to create a symbol for each word in the Cherokee language. This proved to be overwhelming, and he was forced to change direction. He began studying and listening to the Cherokee language more thoroughly, noting the sound patterns that formed the words. He heard the vowels, the consonants, and the various forms of each. Over time, he isolated the sounds down into 86 syllables, developing a character for each syllable. The characters themselves were modeled after missionary scripts Sequoia had found while trading, and were therefore influenced by the shapes of Greek, Latin, Hebrew, and Glatolytic, an early form of Slavic, letters. The sounds, however, are completely unrelated because, again, Sequoia couldn't read and didn't know which letters created which sounds. 
This is as good of a time as ever to really hammer home what differentiates a syllabary from an alphabet, because it took me a good few minutes to really wrap my head around it. So, in an alphabet, you have to place the characters together in order to form a sound or a word. Whereas in a syllabary, each character represents a different individual sound. So, for instance, a, e, o, um would be four different symbols or characters in a syllabary. Sequoia's syllabary was and is remarkably efficient. Obviously, some written languages are harder to learn than others. Traditional Korean script, for instance, is extremely complex, and English's mix of Latin, Germanic, and Scandinavian roots makes it very inconsistent. The Cherokee syllabary, in comparison, is described by linguists as one of the easiest to learn written systems on Earth. And I'm just going to have to take their word for it, because I, uh, I'm not going to learn Cherokee. Despite its functionality, the syllabary faced resistance from within the Cherokee community. Some of the leaders called it witchcraft, and told Sequoia that placing thoughts onto paper was unnatural. Others simply didn't believe it could be done. Eventually, the clan elders set up a test. They had Sequoia and his daughter separated, and demanded that they prove that the new system worked by exchanging messages. Sequoia's daughter demonstrated the syllabary's effectiveness by not only writing a message to Sequoia, but also transcribing every word the elders spoke. Astounded, the elders accepted the practicality of having a written language and asked Sequoia to teach them how to read. The rest of the clans quickly caught on to the new writing system. Its use spread like wildfire, and within 25 years, almost 100% of the Cherokee were literate. This is a better rate than many countries worldwide today, and even a good portion of America. The Cherokee used the syllabary to create a constitution, using the United States Constitution as a blueprint. Sequoia also helped found the Cherokee Phoenix, the first bilingual newspaper in North America, published in what is now Georgia. In the 1820s, American traders found gold in Cherokee territory. A gold rush ensued, resulting in several skirmishes between the natives and the prospectors. President Andrew Jackson, the man Sequoia served under in the War of 1812, would sign the Indian Removal Act soon after. The Cherokee Phoenix's printing press was destroyed by advancing U.S. Army infantry when they forcibly removed the Cherokee from Georgia and relocated them to Oklahoma in the infamous Trail of Tears. Almost 4,000 Cherokee died during the journey. Sequoia spent his later years attempting to create a universal syllabary for the native peoples of North America, hoping to remove all misunderstanding and unite all of the tribes under one language. He also worked as a diplomat, attempting to mend the fractured Cherokee nation. He died while on a diplomatic mission to New Mexico at the age of 73. Sequoia's syllabary would go on to inspire the development of at least 21 different scripts around the world. This includes the written languages of the Cree and other indigenous Canadian groups, a number of West African written languages, the Basa script in Liberia, and several others. Modern linguists claim it remains one of the most structurally sound and practical to use systems in the world. Sequoia remains the only member of an illiterate people to create a system of writing in the history of the world. Monuments, schools, Parks and museums across the United States stand in his honor. The Sequoia Tree was named after him, 
as its discoverer, a man named Stephen Enliker, was a linguist and a fan of Sequoia's work. The Cherokee Phoenix returned in 1975 and continues as a monthly publication reporting on Cherokee current events and culture today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shaking America. This episode was supposed to come out sooner, but I got distracted reading and writing about train disasters. I bought a few books on the history of American train disasters and really fell down that rabbit hole. So stay tuned for some train disaster-themed episodes, is what I'm saying. If you want to help the podcast, go to the website at shakingamerica.com and hit the Ko-Fi link at the bottom left of the screen to contribute. Thanks again, and I'll see you later.